0: Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by evolutionary astrologer, herbalist, and advocate of health and integrative healing, our friend, and the incredibly talented cosmic guide, Nura Rochelle, as we dive into the astrology of 2021. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's
1: jump into it. Hello, Nura. Welcome to the podcast again. Hello, Carrie. Thank you for having me back. I just love talking to you.
0: <laughs> it's such a delight to have you here always. And we did this one last year and mm-hmm. it was really well received and we got a lot of requests for us to do it again. So we're back. Oh, I'm so grateful. It's so good or so good. So from 2020 to 2021, there's a lot to break down here. But before we get into the transits, the major headlines of 2021. Nur, I'd love if you can share with everybody listening how they can connect with you so that they can keep up with everything that you're posting throughout the year because you offer so many awesome classes. You offer so many amazing readings, great insights just on your Instagram and on your blog. There's just so much to you, and I want to make sure that everybody can get their hands on it.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at moon.mystic. That's a place where I post, you know, every couple of days should probably post more, you know, algorithms, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and I'm I do record videos that I send out in my mailing list and also have them on YouTube. And you can find me and readings and courses, which have been really fun. That's probably been my favorite thing that I'm doing is just really downloading with people on what is really possible. re learning how to read your own chart and just witnessing the changes that happen in people's lives when they're like, oh, I can do this. I'm an astrologer too. We can all be astrologers. So you can find all of that at nourarachelle.com.
0: Yay. And we have a special discount code for Soulful of It podcast listeners. And that code is soulful, which is S-O-U-L-F-U-L. And you can use that on Nura's site, to get 15% off any of her live readings. That includes partner readings, whether it's intimate partner or even friendships. You could yeah. do integrated um, sinistry. That's the word I was mm-hmm. looking for. Sinistry <laughs> readings, soul purpose
1: readings, locality readings. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of options. Yeah. Life purpose. Yeah. We can look at all of the things and, and transits and solar returns are really fun. And I mentioned the course already, but I'll mention again. Yeah. It's it's good stuff. You learn how to do all of that.
0: Yep. And 15% off of a course is a, a nice chunk of change yeah, to totally. help as well. So definitely check that out. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Nura directly on Instagram at moon.mystic, or you can always reach out to me at it on instagram as well and we're happy to answer your questions or connect you with her and make some magic happen yeah awesome so that is our only announcement to get us started here and now we're going to jump into the year of 2021 buckle up uh it's not as turbulent my perspective as 2020 was i think there's some big differences between 2020 and 2021
1: what do you think nara (laughs) I'm a firm believer in we can always increase our bandwidth. Mm. We can always get better at navigating the changes of life. So I feel like 2021 will feel easier for a lot of people because we'll be more used to the change and we'll be more able to flow with it. As for changes, I think they're going to keep coming. The Capricorn stellium is being
0: broken up. And I think that'll be the biggest, like release is just like, okay, we're not so concentrated in this cardinal energy, this earth energy. In fact, this is a very airy year. And we know that right off the bat because we are going to talk about the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius. It's also at zero degrees Aquarius. Casual on the solstice. Exactly. Yeah. On the winter solstice. (laughs) And that's really the big theme of the whole year is this like air vibe. And we're, we're actually shifting out of an earth vibe in general because of the cycles there
1: yes yeah the Jupiter Saturn cycles when you put them together whatever you want to call it like the belief system of society or the societal religion or the societal order Mm. there's something that Jupiter Saturn together it's like what everybody starts to know and talk about and live in some way
0: and up until this point, and we talked about this briefly on the December Transits and Tarot episode. So if you listen to that episode, this might sound like a little bit of a refresher. But up until this point, the last 200 years, we've been doing this in Earth signs, this conjunction. These planets have been meeting in the Earth realm. And now, in this new year, this new era, we're rebirthing into 200 years of Jupiter and Saturn meeting only in air signs.
1: Mm -hmm. And we're alive at a really special part of that because as with any transition, you get the back and forth. So we had in 1982 a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Libra. So we got a little taste of the air about 40 years ago. Mm. And about 20 years ago, in 2000, we had the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Taurus. So that was like the final Earth. Kind of like, oh, you thought we were moving into air? Just kidding. There's one more Earth. Okay. (laughs) And so now we're like officially, we're officially air now. Yeah. Air we are.
0: (laughs) I love that so much. The puns have begun. (laughs) Of course they have. This is the Soulful of a podcast. We're all about puns here. That's just who we are. So, yeah, that's setting up the year in a very big way. And then only other big difference, I would say, between 2020 and 2021, it's kind of like what you were saying with, it's not that it's going to be easier. It's that we're stronger. Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, they were really training us Mm -hmm. in this Capricornian way, which was very physical, very structural. And now we're having this shift into air and ideation and information, and I'm seeing it as
1: an age
0: of information.
1: Absolutely. And it's really important to zoom out and know that Saturn and Jupiter are already in a relationship like it, it's not this like standalone because they have a conjunction that all of a sudden their energies are interacting they've been interacting this whole time but we're just currently in the balsamic phase mm. so similar to a new moon when you have that moment that day and a half or so of like the moon is dark but it's not actually the new moon yet mm. so you're letting go Of the previous cycle in this new year we just came out of the balsamic phase and into the new phase so we got to witness the letting go and we got to witness and we're still witnessing the new aspect of this new Jupiter Saturn relationship so it doesn't just happen one time it's a continual unfolding and I think when we look at astrology and transits that way we start to see that there's a whole story happening and it doesn't it doesn't stop. It's not only these particular dates. There's an unfolding.
0: Yeah, and we're going to nail down some specific dates here, but it isn't just on those dates and then you feel it. Like <laughs> me and my Saturn return where it's like, wow, Saturn's right on top of my natal Saturn. Guess it's here and it's over. Like no. It's <laughs> like, like a like, three-year process. Yeah, there's yeah. multiple <laughs> years here. This is going to drag on for a while, but that's an opportunity for us to really embrace it and also I mean, we'll see how things went because we're recording this ahead of time. But some people don't react well to change. And Trump is a great example of that. Somebody who is refusing to give up, refusing to concede. I mean, just dragging himself into the new year. And just let that not be you in this new
1: year. You know, let change happen. Don't fight it. It'll be interesting to see how the timeline shifts. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about Inauguration Day in this
0: episode. But we'll talk about that in the, the January Transits and Tarot episode, and it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to take a look at that.
1: And I think <laughs> it's worth noting, too, Aquarius, it, you know, naturally ruled by Uranus, but also Saturn in, in traditional astrology. Aquarius rules memory, but that's both in the past and the future. It's long-term mm. memory. It's all of the timelines. So that's an important consideration here, too. Like, what timeline are we living on? Ooh and where's the what is the most powerful timeline to be living on? Well, it's definitely this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, this Saturn Jupiter conjunction,
0: it is known as the great conjunction, but when it's moving into this new cycle of elements into air now, it's actually known as the great mutation. And a lot of astrologers are calling it the great awakening, and I couldn't feel that that's more accurate than I do. That's just, that is the word that I would use for this year or one of them. And I would love to hear, Nura, before we jump more into this astrology for 2021, if you have a word or a phrase and we can share our words and uh, invite you guys, our listeners, to identify words for yourselves throughout the year
1: or to go ahead and take our words and see how those resonate for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like it's important to, to preface my words with a little backstory. In all of this shifting, I have been witnessing my resistance to the idea that computers and technology are better than us mm. or smarter than us or stronger than us or superior to us. And yes, they can definitely compute things faster than I can. But I'm not here to compete with a computer. Ooh, <laughs> snaps. And my energy... Is stronger than an algorithm oh my god this is so good yeah so that is really rooting me and grounding me in the most immense uh, confidence in Mm. myself confidence i love love that i think we're
0: gonna really need to cultivate confidence to move through this next year of energy and my word is trust and i think that we're gonna just have to trust the process we're going to have to trust ourselves. We're going to have to trust divine timing mm. and really focusing on, you know, where have I had trust deficits in the past and how is that coloring my future now? How can I rebuild trust? And especially with all these structures that have been crumbling, it can start to feel like scarcity is arising. And it's easier to grab onto the scarcity, but having trust can in- increase and attract abundance when Absolutely. you trust and
1: believe that everything's going to be okay yeah and trusting in yourself i think is really crucial like the word confidence comes from latin root words con and "fidante," which means with trust mm. so when i'm confident i am trusting myself i am full of trust i am with trust in myself in my process in the divine and also in the fact that i'm connected to all of this too like i'm not this Island of a being over here having a personal individual solo experience. So we're also very connected. And I think it's also trusting and having confidence in the unfolding of all of us and our communities, which I think that whole having trust in other people, when we see the darkness that happens sometimes, a lot of people have had that faith in humanity quite shaken and challenged in a lot of ways. But I think it's really important. To hold on to the confidence and, and the trust that at the center, at the core of humanity is the heart, is love, is doing the right thing, is the ability to evolve in and progress in a way that's really in alignment and in integrity with our higher selves.
0: Mm, absolutely. I'm thinking of affirmations like I am soulful of trust. I mm. am soulful of confidence and those are things that have been shaken especially confidence in our government and in our media and our trust in those things has been really shaken Mm -hmm. in the last handful of years in particular the rise of this like belief in fake news and even the (laughs) verbalization and the languaging around well that's fake news like it's funny that that happened before all these aquarian shifts but really it's not because it's all connected and these cycles flow together and the crumbling of the structures and the rebuilding that has to happen and is happening now is fucking communal. It's communal. Nobody builds a building by themselves. A hundred percent. You don't meet a person who built the building, created all the pipes and did all the electrical everything for the entire thing. That doesn't exist. That person is a unicorn if they're doing that. And they're probably like half dead because that would be a (laughs) lot of fucking work for one person. It just doesn't happen. So it's the shift into this communal realization that, you know, what affects
1: you affects me. Absolutely. And I think especially where we are, like we're in Portland, Oregon, and we've witnessed the activism and oh, yeah. the rising up of the people. Mm. And I think a lot of places have. And it's just this awareness, this, this fact that we are stronger together. Mm. And we rise together. And I think that's that high point of Aquarius. Now, a lot of us are afraid of the shadow of Aquarius, right? Like we're afraid of revolution, even though we know that we probably need it.
0: Yeah. And no big, amazing, great change that now we have in place that serves us and has helped free people from any kind of slavery of any form, whether it's actual slavery or the prison systems and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of work that can be done there still. Absolutely. In a big way. And I'm not going to get into
1: that, but where the fuck was I going with this? Well, Aquarius is the emancipator, (laughs) you know, it's the liberator. It's the breaker of chains. There we go. Yes. (laughs) It's the, uh, Daenerys Targaryen, yes. absolutely, but not the way that episode, not the way that season ended. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. but you haven't watched that. Don't, don't <laughs> just skip the last. It's like season. lost. Just, oh my like, god! Just don't watch the last the whole part.
0: ending. It's like why, why though? Oh my goodness, I love it. So yeah, that's kind of where we're starting out the year. Is we're flavoring it with the Saturn Jupiter conjunction. We're moving into. In the age of information, community, connection, I see us increasing some online things, like becoming, quote, the new normal, sorry to use that phrase, but (sighs) it's very true in the sense that the virtual world that we've really established in the last year, because we were forced to, I think we're now going to be choosing moving forward. Like, oh, I don't have to do this virtually, but if I offer this thing virtually, Then anybody in the world can access it. And I'm realizing that the connections to others worldwide are just as valuable to me as the connections just to my root community that's physically here.
1: And that's earth to air shift. Absolutely. And the number of people who work, you know, my my partner is a social worker and... The majority of them have been working at home for the most part. And then they go in occasionally when they need to or when they need to work with a family. And they're just realizing how much higher their productivity is when they have a little bit more freedom over their space, mm. their workspace. Like, I don't know, me personally, I struggle with fluorescent lights. I just can't. Ugh, I've I've had too. to quit every job where that was what the office looked like. Uh, I was like, oh, I realize, oh, I'm a Taurus rising. OK, I need my space to look nice. Or mm. <laughs> else I yeah. can't work there. You know, it took me a while to get that. But I feel like, you know, when you have a little bit of control over your environment, you can you're free, you know, Aquarius, the freedom, the, the liberation. And it doesn't mean you're lazy all of a sudden. It doesn't mean that you're not doing the work. You're probably doing it better Yeah, when you're free to do it the way you want to do it. Innovation has a strange way of doing that. Just giving us
0: this this freedom. And we're questioning the way we've always done things. And we're reimagining how we're going to do them now. And that is one of the biggest themes of this entire year and having confidence and trust in the process, confidence in yourself, confidence in the systems, confidence in the things that are breaking down around you. Mm -hmm. That something else will rise to replace them that's better for you and for everybody else. And that is also the shift to the humanitarianism as well of Aquarius is like it's not just about the solo person. It's about the entire Group of people, this might be good for me, but if I did this other thing, would it be better for everybody? Mm -hmm. Those are the questions that are coming up. So, that's a big focus for us this year. Mars is out of the shadow period now as well, and it has been direct, but we're going to really feel that it's direct now. And I think that's really going to serve us this year as Mars and Saturn are going to be making some connections to Uranus. Forming squares multiple times throughout the year. So, I'm curious, what is your take on these squares and this conversation that's happening between these three planets, Mars, Saturn, and Uranus?
1: Yeah, so a couple things. So, we want to remember that. Mars is our action language. It's what we're doing. It's where we're Mm. also energized. So the whole time when Mars was retrograde last year and then even that post-retrograde shadow phase, which he didn't really come out of until the beginning of January, it's like we're finally re-energizing ourselves. When Mars goes retrograde, our energy is focused internally. So that internal focus of action, it, it helps us to unpack our why for what we're doing. But it can be frustrating in its own way when you're like, oh, I had these ideas and plans of what I thought I was going to do, but I just didn't have the energy or didn't have the motivation or whatever it was. Because Mars is so linked to our passion and our motivation for a project for whatever we're doing. So we want to look at where Mars is transiting and kind of what he's doing in relation to the other planets for information on how to align our physical energy to have the most maximum output or maximum productivity. So now when you pull that into Saturn, Saturn's going to be in Aquarius the whole time. So we're looking at, okay, Mars-Saturn, what's that relationship like? Well, Mars is what I want to do. Saturn's like, well, does it make sense? Is it within the realm of possibility? Yeah. Is Is it it real? Is it practical? Does it align with the current resources that you have right now? Mm. In Aquarius, a lot of this too will be linked on things that you maybe can't control that are out in the world. There's certain components that we might have these ideas like, oh, I want to host live retreats. Well, maybe you can't right now, but you yeah. can host a virtual retreat. So there's things that you can do. You know, there's that tension. The squares always represent tension, but they don't mean no. They just mean find a better way.
0: Yeah, because if you think about it, a square is has four different sides. It's a square, which is a fucking box, right? <laughs> so when you have squares happening, it's an opportunity to think outside of the box and that's how you can work with the square energy. What do you think about Uranus's part
1: in this whole dance between Saturn, Mars and Uranus this year? Yeah. So, Uranus in Taurus and some of us have been calling Tauranus. I love that. <laughs> Taurinus. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Because we we really have to wake up and and, and shake up out of our uh, certain routines, but also really connect with our values and our priorities and what's really important to us. So when we have Saturn connecting there in, in square to Uranus, well, that's okay. What's going on in the community? What's going on out in the world? And how does it reflect? How does it intersect with? How does it perhaps challenge my self, Taurus, my? resources, mm. my values, my priorities. How does what's going on in the world perhaps rub up against what I want for myself? That's what this whole trifecta of Mars, Saturn, Uranus really points out to me because Mars will be shifting through different signs, right? But but he'll be coming back into these various relationships with Saturn and Uranus, but they'll be kind of going back and forth with with, with these squares. And they're going to be the center stage and Mars will just be like, okay, we're going to look at this from a different angle. What can I actually do? There is an amazing quote that really stuck with me for all of 2020. And I think it'll still be relevant in 2021. And I forget who it's by, unfortunately, but it said, don't ever let what you can't do stop you from what you can do.
0: Ooh, wow.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what a square, it's like, that's the wisdom that it really teaches you.
0: Yeah. It's the redirection like, okay, we're not going to go this way. It's like a roundabout that you like didn't want to come into. <laughs> <laughs> it's that that's the resistance in me speaking. Yeah. And I think the Saturn square Uranus, what I wrote down the phrase for that was the cost of freedom. Mm. What's it going to cost for us all to be free? And I think that has come up in a big way. We saw it last year with the rising of the black lives matter movement, but that movement didn't just start in 2020. And I think that's something we, we overlook as people is like, Oh wow, it just started. And now people care about that. People have been working hard on this for not only like years for black lives matter, but for decades, for hundreds hundreds of years, (laughs) like a long, long time that this work has been going in. And now we're seeing some fruits of the labor, but it doesn't feel comfortable. And it's, This idea that comfort actually confines us Mm -hmm. and discomfort liberates us. So this year in a big way is asking, can you get comfortable being uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. And what does that look like for you? Can you maybe have to slow down in order to get uncomfortable? Because if you're used to being comfortable, you're just going to go that you drive the same way to work that you always drive to or maybe walk the same route to your kitchen table if you're working from your kitchen table like I am (laughs) with all this weird virtual stuff and pandemic but we're having to reroute um in order to get to these new new outcomes we we cannot build a new future based off of old ideas Mm -hmm. you have to embrace the change
1: absolutely and this really pulls me back to yogic philosophy something that I've repeated endless times, and all yoga teachers will say this, is you've got to go to the level of comfortable discomfort. There's an edge, and I think that edge is always the best place to be because there is something to be said. I totally agree with you that we have to get out of our comfort zones to a degree, but we can't, like, jump out of a plane without a parachute. Yeah. You know, like, we if we stretch our muscles too fast, too hard, we're going to snap a tendon. That's not good. And then you're no use to anybody. Yep. You know, so you've got to build up to it, and there's, I think, in the realm of self-care, That's important, but it doesn't mean that you're still not at that edge of comfortable discomfort. Like you're not burning yourself by getting too close to the fire because you haven't felt that flame before, but you're not going to pretend it's not there either.
0: Yeah. And we've also got the Mercury retrogrades of 2021. We're shifting also to all air signs. So there we go. There we go. It is (laughs) January 30th to February 20th. We're having our first Mercury retrograde of the year. It's pretty early on in the year. And that is in Aquarius, which is like really emphasizing the Aquarian theme of the year. If you are an Aquarius, this is your year in a very big way. You're going to feel some some heat probably from the spotlight that is on you and will continue to be on you. But we start out with that retrograde in May. We have from May 29th to June 22nd, we have another Mercury retrograde in Gemini, and then our final Mercury retrograde of the year is going to be in Libra, and that is from September 26th to October 18th. And if you recall, we've had most of our last Mercury retrogrades were in water signs. So now we're moving into air with our Mercury retrogrades. What's your take on that, Nura?
1: Well, Mercury is pretty happy in air, Mm-hmm. If you think about the natural rulerships of, of Mercury, on the outer side is Gemini. So this is communicating outwardly with people being the messenger. Um, the inner side is Virgo, but we'll, we'll, we'll stick with Gemini for now. So <laughs> Mercury's happy in an air sign. There's a natural trine happening. Mm. And trines are ease and harmonious flow now. <laughs> when we think about retrograde, there's a redefinition a re-functioning. So perhaps in air, there's going to be a redefinition or a re-functioning of how we communicate. How do we get our message across? Are we in Aquarius? Will we perhaps be more willing to to look at all of these different individual perspectives? Because every retrograde planet will reflex on the opposite sign when it's retrograde. Mercury will be retrograde in Aquarius, but that Leo opposition piece will be highly relevant. That will be how we're redefining, how we're refunctioning. What aspect of Leo will we need to consider in Aquarius? So I'll expand on this one a little bit more because this will be relevant for the year. Any of the Aquarian retrogrades, whether it's Saturn retrograde or whatever. So... That opposite Leo piece is the individual, and Aquarius is the collective. Even if you think about it in the body, Leo is the heart, and Aquarius is the circulation system. Neither one can exist without the other. We tend to think that it's the heart, for example, that pumps all the blood through the body. Impossible. It's the veins (laughs) and the arteries, right? There's this network. That's how it can move. But you know, we would be nothing without our heart. So we can't be like, well, it's all the circulation system. There's nowhere in nature where we can say that we need to get rid of one side of the equation. It's never possible. So when we're thinking about how to live the most balanced form of Aquarius exploration, we can't forget the individual. We can't forget the heart. We can't forget. That core frequency, you know, our heart has the strongest magnitude and amplitude and frequency away from the body much stronger than our mind. And that's the heart that's Leo. So we can't forget that when we're inventing technology. We can't forget that when we're considering the effects of of different levels of technology. And so that's why I'm always going back to the whole biotechnology thing. (laughs) We've had this conversation a few times, but there's this really ideal balance of like, okay, I'm an individual, I'm empowered, and my heart leads me and guides me, but I'm also part of this gigantic network through which I am so much bigger than I could ever be as an individual. And that's that sweet spot. So the retrogrades will kind of invite you to go in, but really will be in that for the whole year. So kind of the same with with the other Mercury retrogrades, with the Gemini in June and the Mercury retrograde in Libra in September, October. Those ones will be reflexing onto the opposite sign. So Gemini will reflex onto Sagittarius and Libra will, will reflex onto Aries. So we always want to be considering... integration of opposites in astrology that's something I really focus on on the course
0: yeah something that you guys can learn more about if you check out Nura's course I love it and it's something that I'm always needing to be reminded of too is that it's not in astrology especially but in, in life in general it's not just the one piece it's what else is at play here you know we have the masculine and the feminine energy present it is two parts to a whole and speaking of masculine and feminine energy, we do have a conjunction happening this year on July 13th between Venus and Mars in Virgo. And that happens every couple years. So we haven't had this. We had a really interesting story unfolding with the Venus retrograde of 2020 and the Mars retrograde of 2020. And at this point in 2021 in July, they're both direct and they're coming together to fuse their masculine and feminine energies, the action and the attraction. And the thing I wrote down for this is take action for attraction
1: to come to life. What do you think about the meeting of these two? Yeah. So Venus is like you said, it's everything that we're attracting. It's it is that feminine or yin principle in that it's what we're receptive to. It's what we're able to receive. It's not gendered necessarily, and Mars is what we actively, or in the more young form, reach out to grab. We're more assertive in that way. So when they come together, there's this nice um, reconfiguration, reblending of both receptivity and direct action. So there's a really nice sweet spot there. If you're able to look at where this will be occurring in your chart and, and in Virgo specifically, I really look at this as, precision over our actions. Like when we are manifesting something, when we want something, the clearer we are about it, the more likely we are to receive it. And the more able we're able to take these directed approaches to what we want it's not like talking around like oh I just want to be happy in my life like that's the that's an example of a wonderful but vague goal Mm, so true (laughs) you know that's more like the Pisces opposite of the Virgo (laughs) Uh, definitely and I can relate to that (laughs) yeah and I'm totally I'm not knocking on that at all it's it's a wonderful (laughs) goal I'm that is literally my life goal but when I'm able to tune into the gifts of Virgo it's like well I want to be healthy Mm. I want to eat a certain way so that I can have good energy. And I want to exercise so that I'm at the top of my game physically. And I want to know how my body works so that I can... Intermingle with life in a really intelligent way. All of those things, in the end, will help me to be happier. Ooh. But it's a more direct approach when I'm able to name it. That's that Virgo piece of naming it, labeling it, classifying it, organizing it, being really precise with your strategy, and then you're more likely to get what you want. So that Venus conjunct Mars time will just be an excellent um, manifestation uh, strategy point.
0: That's exactly the word I was thinking was manifestation. What do you want to manifest? what where's Virgo in your chart like you were saying I know I have Jupiter and Virgo so I'm quite excited about what this is gonna look like for me in action I've got some ideas but this would be probably a great time for me to launch some sort of project mm. actually and expand out so I'm gonna be marking July 13th on my calendar and I encourage all of you guys to also write this date down as well, or just keep it in the back of your mind because this is going to be a powerful time to bring things to life for you. But you have to be willing and ready to accept them, and that's the thing about receptivity. It's uh, it's like the aces in tarot is like the ace is the hand offering you the sword or the cup or the pentacle or the wand, right? But what does that matter if you don't reach out and take it? Mm. And so in order for you to see that the hand is being offered to you, you have to be receptive to it, Venus. And in order to actually make it happen, you do have to reach out and take it, Mars. Yes. Can you embody this ace energy, especially in the summer of 2021? I absolutely think that you can. And in fact, I encourage you to do exactly that.
1: I really love this. It's got me down a whole train of thought, like aces and conjunctions Mm, in general. Yeah.
0: I love aces. They're so fun.
1: I know as a tarot
0: reader, I shouldn't be like, when I pull a card, I shouldn't be like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I try not to do that, but I really can't do it. When I pull an ace, I'm like, wow, this is, um, <clears throat> this is good. This is good. But you know, everything in tarot, it's not good or bad. <laughs> and I have to bring it back, you know, <laughs> but I'm actually just like my fa- I have no poker face. So I'm like stoked <laughs> about all the aces. But yeah, I think that, uh, you know, pulling some tarot around this point in time in the year actually would be great as well if that's something that calls to you or maybe even an oracle card or something of that sort. But backing us up a little bit in the year, but this is about at the same time-ish. Jupiter is in Aquarius this year, and yet Jupiter is going to do a little dance into Pisces on May 13th, and then it's going to station retrograde on June 20th and then it'll be retrograde and stay in Pisces until July 28th and it's going to move back into Aquarius so we've got this handful of weeks where Jupiter is going to be in its rulership in Pisces and that's giving us a preview of Jupiter and Pisces which is what's going to happen in at the end of 2021 but also all of 2022 and I think that this is going to be a very magical time and I'm sorry to say this is also a fucking portal everything is a portal guys (laughs) this is a portal I think for (laughs) Jupiter it's a portal for expansion and I'm very very excited about it and I'm excited to hear what you think about it Nura.
1: Portals all the way. I mean, everything's a portal. <laughs> We're all on multiple timelines. I mean, these things sound fantastical, but it's his life. Like it's real. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Jupiter and Pisces and then back into Aquarius. I mean, yeah, Jupiter's going to be really happy in Pisces. I'm really excited about that time. Um, that'll be 2022, more, you know, for the long haul. But this Jupiter in Aquarius situation, I mean, Jupiter expands everything that he touches. So, Again, we're going to be looking at, okay, he's going to be expanding Saturn still. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo But this expansion of Aquarius is like expansion of ideas, innovation, new technologies, no doubt. I mean, we know what Elon Musk is working on. Don't be surprised if he's, you know, some of his projects are a little bit more out in the open. Somebody
0: who's into all this tech stuff was telling me, and I looked it up, and it's like humans becoming robots. Oh, totally! Yeah, I, I mean, there's a name for it. I can't remember what it's called. Cyborg. I mean, yes, but he has like <laughs> yeah. he has a company that he built specifically around. Um, yeah. And there's I don't know. Go Google it, guys. It is crazy. Um, it will blow your fucking minds.
1: Yeah, like Neuralink is some pretty powerful stuff. Like healing diseases. There's so much potential when we are focusing just on the high points of Aquarius. And this is is what I think Jupiter can actually offer us because Jupiter is higher self-aspirations. Jupiter is like, let's bring out the best of this sign. Let's bring out the best of this possibility and potential. So while, yes, there can be some things that are scary with Aquarius, you know, like when we kind of pull in the question of like, well, who's got ownership of this technology? How will it be used? Will it be used for power or control or, you know, that whole aspect of it can be very scary. But when we're being really at the pure level of the high point of Aquarius, there's so much potential for healing and health and doing some amazing things for humanity. And I think we just have to be really vigilant. We have to be informed about what's going on, have awareness about, you know, voting with our dollars. Um, Where are we putting our attention? Where are we putting our focus? Are we allowing ourselves to be bamboozled? Or are we paying attention to what people are actually doing. And I think the Aquarius, well, we need to pay attention to what's being invented, what people are doing with nuclear technology. Oh gosh, we yeah. need to be aware of all of these things, but I, am maybe I'm biased. I'm a moon in Aquarius. I'm all for evolution and I'm all about technology, but I'm also really about humanity, biotechnology. Like we are really strong and we are capable of a lot of things. And sometimes I fear that will bypass that in our excitement for a computer technology. Like we'll not even explore our own consciousness and our potential because we're so excited about the next iPhone or something or what computer chip in our brain can do. It's like, what about us just using more than 10 to 14% of our brain? Like what if we can use 50%? What if we can use 100% of our brain? Like there's all these possibilities. I feel like if we're able to tap into all of that, there's Jupiter expanding our awareness of these things. Mm,
0: absolutely. So, wrapping up some of our final transits here for 2021 eclipses. It's more spread out this year. So our eclipses, we have four of them. May 26th, we have a total eclipse in Sagittarius. June 10th, we have an eclipse in Gemini. November 19th, a partial eclipse in Taurus, and then on December 3rd, we have our total eclipse in Sagittarius. Kind of closing out the eclipse portal of Sag and Gem. so we're not going to break down all of these piece by piece you can listen to the transits and tarot episodes for those but any input advice insights on these eclipses and i guess even just the theme of the gemini sag in particular being the eclipse cycle that we're in what are you thinking
1: Yeah. So we're always working with the same eclipse cycles for about a year and a half based on the nodes. So we can only have an eclipse when the sun or moon in its new moon or full moon phase is near one of the north or south node. So when we have, you know, the eclipses in Sagittarius or in Gemini, that's considering where the moon is. And those energies are on one hand illuminating for that first eclipse may 26 the sun will be in gemini moon will be in sagittarius it's that sun in gemini illuminating the light on a sagittarius moon so we're always working with both of them both sides of the spectrum but it's you know which one is is perhaps requiring a little bit more of our attention usually when it comes to the full moon phase the sun is shining its light on some aspect of our unconsciousness or our daily life so you always want to pay attention around eclipses what kind of new information is is coming up for you around who you are in gemini sagittarius is what you talk about and what you think and your beliefs, and your opinions, and all of these things. So we've been working with this for at least the, the final half of 2020. And so into 2021, we'll continue this this work on improving how we communicate, being really open-minded, but also still holding true with what we know makes sense for us. So there's, there's a balance there. Absolutely. And also considering
0: these as portals as they come in pairs and the May to June in particular has an overlap with Jupiter moving into Pisces so I think that this first eclipse portal that we have between May 26 and June 10th is this chunk of time this container for you to really bring to life what you want very quickly because Mm -hmm. of the catalyst
1: that is the eclipse presence on either end of this mm. time period. Yeah. And I tend to shy away from anything fatalistic in astrology. I know that's how a lot of it began was like, <laughs> let me tell you your fate. Yeah. But when considering the eclipses, something that I have found true is whatever energy you're really sitting with heavily in your intentions around that time, they do tend to, to have a ripple effect for about six months afterwards. And this is pretty across the board. So you want to be really intentional with these times. Some people even say you shouldn't eat <laughs> during eclipse times. That's been a little bit of folk wisdom for the past mm. couple thousands of years. They would never eat. They would fast very intentionally during eclipses because they say that the energy is like so intense, but it's also a little bit off <laughs> and interesting. They also say you know, under typical full moons, you should put your crystals out to charge, but you should not charge your crystals on an eclipse full moon you don't want to you don't really want more of that eclipse energy because it'll it's kind of like when you do yoga you need to end the practice always with shavasana you need to end it with a regrounding and a calming down and an integrating if you just continue through your life after doing some eagle and you're all like crown chakra (laughs) open you're gonna you know there's more potential for disaster or accidents and i think it's the same idea with the eclipses like it's an intense portal it's not anything negative but it's not energy to just play around with loosely. That's why there's so much intention around it. Yeah,
0: and intention is really important about like going into it. Why are you even listening to this episode right now? Probably because you want to be pretty intentional about yeah. 2021. You want to know what the hell's coming up. 2020 was crazy. Help give me some guidance. And also, how can I be more intentional here? So thinking about these eclipse portals as opportunities to be more intentional, will serve you and then also the crystal thing Mm -hmm, be careful guys don't leave your crystals out although i've heard (laughs) about eclipse water where you leave water out over an eclipse that's interesting i don't know anything about this but somebody else had told me about that and i was like interesting like
1: with everything there's always you know gemini sagittarius (laughs) there's always going to be somebody who has like oh no you should do literally the exact opposite of what this person says (laughs) yeah totally I feel like the whole the mutable energy too though with Jupiter being in Pisces at that time and Sagittarius and Gemini eclipses in May June. The mutable cross is one of great change, adaptability, mm. flexibility. It's like the end of a season. It's it's always preparing for the new season, preparing for the new energies that are coming up. And so Neptune being square the nodes is is pretty much Perpetually, since this since twenty twenty and into twenty twenty one is asking us to consider our timeless truth, the big, bigger questions. Like Sagittarius asks some questions, right, big questions. But oh, Pisces yeah. has the they win. You know, Pisces oh, wins yeah. <laughs> um, with big questions, and and oftentimes it's questions that can't be answered. You know, it's like Sagittarius is like, I'm going to go to space to understand space. And I might do that with astral traveling. Pisces is like, I'm going to become space and then (laughs) I will understand space. You know, so it's next level. And that Neptune in Pisces is... is really challenging us to kind of stay grounded, stay in the here and now, but how, again, coming back full circle to what we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, like how can you increase your bandwidth? Another way to say that might be your sensitivity, your awareness, your level of empathy to what's really happening all around you and and wherever you have this mutable cross showing up in your life where you have Pisces Sagittarius Gemini and also that Virgo opposite and kind of holding down that that those four mutable signs that mutable cross of energy in your life is is really being shaken up and and awoken so in that in conjunction with all of the Aquarius Aquarius is a fixed sign young fixed earth but it's it's the most eccentric of the fixed signs. Like it's it's still changeable because it's air. Mm. So there's, I would say, everybody really tuning into balance and groundedness in your electromagnetic field, you know, your aura. Um, do you have feet on the ground in all of this change? Are you allowing time and space to settle your nervous system after these great awakenings happen it's kind of like you touch electricity and you're jolted and you're a little bit like like i'm alive but (laughs) you need to like chill sometimes and, and take some deep breaths and and allow your body to catch up with your spirit like our spirits are ready for the change we're ready for the revolution we're ready for certain structures to topple and new ones to get built up but we have to take it slow like we have to honor our bodies I love that so much. And what can
0: help you become more grounded? Support. And how can you get that support? Community. Yeah. And you're going to have to ask for help. And you're going to have to overcome any part of you that's too self-reliant or too independent. And that is the theme. We talked about this on de- the December Transits and Tarot episode more of interdependence. Mm. We are stronger together. I know that message has been said a lot with the pandemic and it can feel like oh yeah great we're stronger together like woohoo <laughs> but like it is true and you will feel it this year whether that's because you're reaching out and you're feeling stronger because you're forming communities virtual or otherwise or you'll feel the deficit of it if you're still trying to go at it 100 percent alone that's going to make
1: it a lot harder for you so what can you do to make this year easier Yes. And something that just came to me, too, like Jupiter entering into Pisces in May, June, going back into Aquarius. I think this will be a really great time for pulling in the integrative energy of our communities, because we do know what it can feel like when you're in a community that's not for you. Oh, that's like almost worse (laughs) than, (laughs) (laughs) than being alone. You're like, oh, get me away from these people. Right. So the Pisces piece, I think, will bring that energy of integration. This is something that I think it's similar to community. Like when your nervous system is out of whack, you have your people, you have your support system. But it's better when your support system is integrated, when you are integrated in your friendships, in your relationships with the community. But also think about it. Everything is macrocosm, microcosm. So we have that relationship inside our bodies, too. Um, When our bodies are integrated with themselves, we are so much more easily able to function at our highest. And air Air is a big theme this year. Mercury retrogrades all in air signs. I think breathwork is going to be a big a big tool for people this year. But now let's combine them. Community breathwork. What? That's the <laughs> best. If we can find some communities of people to do breathwork and meditation with, whatever that looks like. I feel like that will be one of the most healing, beneficial, grounding things that we can do this year.
0: Yeah. Can you commit to taking three deep breaths every time things feel like they're getting too hard Mm. or you're overwhelmed or there's just change that's happening again? And you're like, what the fuck? Nura and Carrie said (laughs) that the change wasn't going to be as insane. And yet here's the ground is shifting beneath me. (laughs) When that happens, can you commit to just three deep breaths? And if you want to grow on that, get a Kundalini practice going. I uh, Work with a breathwork facilitator. I actually have an episode coming out with a breathwork mm-hmm. facilitator this year. So there'll be some resources around that for you. If that's something that you're interested in, that's something you should investigate. This is the age of information. So go out there, do your research, figure out who do you connect with, and then go and connect with them. Because having that community and having that support, having that confidence in yourself to make the connection, having that trust in yourself that it's going to be what it needs to be. And that you are enough as a foundation, connecting all these pieces, rebuilding the structures that have fallen, is going to help make this year a little easier for you. And I think we could all benefit from having things be a little easier. Snaps. <laughs> you said it. We're wrapping up here. Last things to chat about. We do have a final eclipse portal between November 19th and December Third interesting thing about November 19th is that that partial lunar eclipse is actually in Taurus because that moon is in Taurus. It's close to the node. So that'll be an interesting taste of maybe more of that Uranus theme around resourcing. And then the total solar eclipse closing out in December on the 3rd is going to just bring, I think, the pieces together from what we had with Gemini and Sag earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, it's always really cool when we see um, a full moon eclipse with with the moon conjunct the node, but out of sign. So Mm -hmm. the moon will be 27 degrees Taurus with the node at actually one degree Gemini. And the nodes always move in a retrograde motion. So they move backwards. So the node, even though it's one degree, of Gemini it'll soon go into Taurus and so that will be that next shift which will be pretty relevant towards the end of 2021 but there's still a four degree conjunction so it's a pretty big eclipse energy and whenever we see that you're absolutely right Carrie like we're trying to bridge the gap between signs and archetypes and energies we're still looking at that gemini sagittarius of like information truth connection beliefs all of those things because that energy is still there but with the sun and scorpio and then the moon and taurus there's a different energy because now we're talking about resources mm. now we're talking about okay how does information overlap with our resources what kinds of things are we doing with our money that maybe we need to talk about or what kinds of new ideas might we have now by this time in the year that are augmenting the kinds of choices that we're making around resources both personal and shared
0: yeah and this partial lunar eclipse on november 19th in taurus Just looking at the square to Jupiter in Aquarius immediately made me think, what am I holding on to that is holding me back from my expansion? Mm. At this point in the year in November, I think it'll be pretty clear to you if you're in your own way or if you've built some sort of structure or routine or something else that is in your way between you and your expansion in this Aquarian world. Maybe it's that you're not being willing to reach out and ask for help. Maybe it's that you're not going and connecting to the communities that are already there and waiting for you. Maybe it's because you have this theme and belief in the story that you don't belong, but you do belong. And that is the radical thing about Aquarius. How can you make other people feel like they belong and Mm -hmm. like their resources are worthwhile? That's going to be big.
1: And I think it's the, again, it's the encouragement of confidence. Like mm. we are willing to listen to just about anybody if they're confident in what they're saying. And so how true. In, How interesting <laughs> is it that, you know, some of the most intelligent people maybe who are lacking in confidence, if they would just say what they thought, our life, our our total experience of being alive would be so radically altered because yeah. certain people are really confident but are kind of talking bullshit you know so if you're able to understand that everybody has something important to say and a lot of times people are like what does this mean what does it look like yeah. it's encouraging people to speak up yeah. it's speaking up when you yourself have something to say yeah. it's yeah. trusting that you yeah are intelligent in your own way, that maybe you might not say something the same way somebody else says it. Mm. But it doesn't mean you don't know what you know. It Mm. doesn't mean that you don't have some kind of wisdom because you absolutely do. We're all here, we're all teachers Mm. and we're all part of this community. We're all alive at the same time. We all have the same access to information.
0: Yeah, I trust my knowing and I have faith in what's unfolding. Those are powerful affirmations for this time. And that final solar eclipse, the pieces I'm seeing on this right away is the square between Uranus and Taurus and Saturn and Aquarius is still present. Like, can you make the pivot? The connection between Mars and Scorpio and Neptune in Pisces is asking like, what are the illusions that are in the way from me achieving what I desire, from me pulling back my arrow like the centaur, because this is a Sagittarius eclipse at the end of the year on December third, and achieving what I aim for, maybe it's just that I don't have clarity about what I'm even aiming for in the first place. Mm-mm. So I'm just shooting
1: arrows. Yeah, that's why that Venus Mars conjunction in Virgo in July will be really great for for that kind of planning, mm-hmm. right? So that we know where where our arrows are pointing. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of the year right now, as you're listening to this, or maybe you're listening to it at any point in the year. But it's so nice to form our intentions and our strategies for the year around the planet's And most particularly Jupiter, because Jupiter is our higher self aspirations. It's how we expand. Goals are linked to that. I mean, goals is literally like of Sagittarius, which is one of the signs ruled by Jupiter. So Jupiter and Aquarius, what kind of goals do you have that are that are going to bring you to some higher level of community connection? And of course, you want to look at where that's happening in your chart. But there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of strategies to really create goals with soul. Mm, goals with soul. And we finish out the year. Last thing just to mention,
0: we're not going to dive into it deep. So you have to listen to the Transits and Tarot episode of December <laughs> to get all of the goodness on this or catch up with one of Nura's amazing videos on Instagram at moon.mystic is Venus is going to go retrograde again. And I know exactly what you're thinking what the fuck? It went retrograde last year. Why is this happening again? Well, this is just the cycles. This is just the seasons and it's at the very end of the year. So it's just, we're trying to pack 2021 with a little extra like, woohoo, at the very end. And that is Venus retrograde in Capricorn. So we're actually going to get another taste of what had been happening with the Capricorn stellium, which was really not just 2020. It was a couple of years that we've had that going on Pluto is still in Capricorn because yeah, it moves slow. 2024 exactly so we're gonna get a taste of that do you have any like parting advice as we wrap up this
1: episode for the Venus retrograde period <laughs> <laughs> don't plan to break up with anyone because you'll probably get back together isn't that the truth
0: <laughs> everybody who broke up during the Venus retrograde either got back together or or is still thinking about it? Let's be honest. yeah
1: and I, I mean, I'm kind of joking with that, <laughs> but you know, be retrograde it, it's refunctioning. So yep. you know, be prepared for you know relationship redefinitions and values and priorities and all of the things. And of course always honoring yourself.
0: I guess my keywords for this one would be the receptivity around resourcing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are you receptive? To receiving new resources, or or are you only willing to accept them if you went and pioneered them yourself? Mm. And are you receptive to your own authority too? Yeah, inner authority, 100%. So that is everything we've got for you guys for this Astrology of 2021 episode. I hope that it serves you. If you enjoy this episode, please share it out. If you have questions, you can reach out to myself or Nura anytime. And I also welcome you to come back and listen to this episode again because you'd be surprised what you might get out of it later on in the year or halfway through the year. And it could be a really great resource for you in reflecting, journaling, and using some of these amazing periods of time, these portals, for manifesting some really, really awesome shit
1: yeah sending all the love and just so grateful for all of you listeners out there i'm just feeling just so lucky to be able to be on this platform and, and talk magic with you carrie always such a treat to
0: have you sending all the good vibes
1: have a great year guys we'll see you later